Welcome back to the Two Black Runners podcast presented by the Runner Report, where you can find us anywhere streaming podcasts and on our YouTube channel, Running Report. Also, you want to follow us on Instagram at running underscore report, where you can really just catch up on everything that we're doing, recent Instagram posts, and just breaking running news. But really, right now, it's been filled with all the social injustices and really the work that athletes and we've been attempting to just elevating Black lives black voices right now on our instagram and on our youtube and that's for what you guys all know is what's going currently right now in the world and in the u.s it's really a tumultuous time and this is kind of just another really just chill little podcast with two black runners and we're just we're gonna talk some things out because i feel like there's still a lot of things in our mind it's still coming through and like we want to keep the conversation going and so without further ado let's get into it I gotta introduce like every single week the brother from the same mother, Aaron Potts, bro. Aaron, this man, wait, hold up. Aaron's a superstar. <laughs> we got a superstar on the show. We got a superstar, bro. Aaron, how's it going? Hey, what's up, man? You don't pay me enough to be on here, man. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But you know, you know what it is. It's all good. It's two black Tuesday. But um. <laughs> Yeah, bro. I've been I've been good. It's been a crazy past couple of weeks. Last week I had the honor of having my plate my face all over social media with I mean, the thing we what we did originally with Raven yeah. Rogers, Michael Granville, Corey, Corey Carter, Joe Gray, uh, Will Clay. So every week we were posting that. So I feel like my face was all over the internet because of that and then on top of that uh hoka wanted to work with me as well and we got some of our athletes together and we did basically the same exact thing on the instagram live and a lot of people enjoyed it a lot of people uh took some some really good things from it and i mean i think that's i think that's what we should be doing right now as a media platform i think that's part of our responsibility is to really air out the voices of the athletes. Like, if athletes have something to say about what's going on, I mean, and they're posting it on their social media openly, why why would we not uh, be there putting that on display for everyone and yeah. showing people that's especially, tired of them? Especially at this time right now. This time, I feel like it's, like, essential. And I think all last week, we kept on reposting our IG Live and, like, giving you guys the interviews. Because, like, we really... Because we really, well, we put a lot into that, and I feel like we want to give it, like, the things that it deserves. But also, it's just, like, the effort of just keeping our conversation going. I feel like it's wrong to to just, to not concentrate on that. I feel like it's, especially as somebody that we promote ourselves as two Black runners being for and by the culture, it's something that, like, we definitely have to do. And, like, we kept on doing this this week. And, like, you see, and I feel like in the world right now, bro, like, you keep on having to. We have to keep the conversation going because, like, Social injustices are still happening in the midst of like of George Floyd, in the midst of Breonna Taylor, in the midst of uh, Ahmaud Arbery. Like there's still more things happening like Rashard Brooks. Like there's it's still crazy out there, bro. Yeah, it's insane, bro. And we're hearing about reports of people getting lynched in front of city halls and there just happens to be no cameras. I mean, I, I, yeah, it don't. It, and it, that stuff just doesn't add up and it starts to make you uh not feel not feel as safe you know yeah 
yeah, it's like in here in Southern California, what was in Palmdale, Victorville. Then there was another one, uh, I believe, on the East Coast. And then I I can't remember the girl's name right now, but something on O'Malley or some I'm I'm messing up her name, but yeah, she was the next thing she was leading the Black Lives Matter movement from where she's from in the front lines. And then to get sexually assaulted and then come out and say that she got sexually assaulted, confront the person, then wind up missing and then found their body dead. It's like every single day there's um, something else out there. And the Rayshard Brooks is like, it's 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 not as obvious as the George Floyd, but still just we're seeing constantly just police like mistreating the situation, not really treating the situation of how how it would go for every single natural human being. And that's just... Yeah. It's it's a really a time of civil unrest in the world. Like they they burned down the Wendy's and Wendy's had nothing to do with it. Like people are just mad, real mad about this, bro. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's very understandable to get mad. Like there are people attacking people of our community, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. um, and and that's a scary thing. And I mean, when people are pushed into a corner and they're scared they're going to defend themselves, you know? So that's why I know I hope everything ends well and we, we, we get some change, but we have to realize change is going to be hard. It's going to be hard to get there. And we've already lost, we, we basically, we've lost some soldiers. I mean, what's her name? She was heading the heading on black lives matter movement and she's ending up gone, bro. So yeah. they they don't want that they don't want that change to happen, you know. So and, and not tell- to like to like add on to that, bro. Have you seen the Dave Chappelle's like uh Dave Chappelle's like Netflix Netflix like thing on YouTube? He like really talked about that on like Christopher Dorner and the other the black dude that was in the military that killed like those nine officers in New Orleans. And that was in like the Black Lives Matter movement, like both of those Christopher Donor and uh, that I don't know that dude's name, but who like assaulted those officers and killed them. Both of the guys were in the military and like they saw their fellow comrades like get get mistreated, get get like to die. Christopher Donor, like in his letter, he was saying that what the LAPD did to him and how they played him, how Christopher Donor saw his uh partner do wrong by someone and, and he tried to go and get it overturned and everything then the lapd went wrong against him he saw that as acts of war and like he went war back on them and i feel like that's just the response of like what these people are doing like if you haven't listened to will clay when we had him on on our ig live he's put on the saying that uh white people have been on a, in a war against us like this whole entire time and like we're just realizing that we're kind of in a war for a while and like we never had the war mindset, and low key, I feel like that's more true than ever. And it's kind, it's kind of scary, but it's it's low key true. Yeah, I know it definitely is. It's it is scary because they don't they don't want you to wake up and, and and realize what's going on. But yeah, we're at a when you're at a point um, where the people that are supposed to be protecting you are killing you, um, yes. you're not gonna be you're not gonna look at them as respect with respect anymore they're gonna start to become more like enemies you Mm -hmm. know and and we're not trying to promote anything like that happening but that's just the reality of the situation 
when you're continually um, killing people that look a certain certain way and it's your job to protect them. Um, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, we could go back in history and look how revolutions begin and why they begin. And we could go back to how the revolution began here. It began with a slave getting getting shot. It, it began with a civilian being yes. killed, you know? And, yeah. You know, and, and, that, and that turned into war. So, yeah, it, it's just a simple reality. It's a harsh reality that we live in, but, you know, we're trying to we're trying to make a change, y'all. So it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, um, and we're gonna do all we can to just I mean keeping the conversation going. That's one thing you can do. There's places you could donate, you could protest, but I mean we can't focus on. It's like being injured. What I said, like try not to focus on. Try focusing on what you can do and not what you can't. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and and that way we can find progress somehow. Uh, yeah, whether that's posting, donating, talking about it on a podcast, talking about it with your family, just do something, man. Because... Yeah, because I feel like this this podcast is definitely like our lane of like, well, Aaron's out there protesting, like he he he, he put in the work in the streets, but definitely like this is our part of like protesting and like our part, yeah, our doing our part is definitely in this podcast. And just to mention that girl's name, her name is Ollie. I don't want to mispronounce Ollie Twanin Salu. I'm I'm relieved that's how you pronounce it. So if you guys want to look more into that, but yeah, that definitely rest in peace, Queen. Yeah, and then one more thing I wanted to say before we move on, but like I think most definitely how we say keep the conversation going. And I think I either mentioned this on one of our IG lives or in our past podcasts. Like definitely, I, I know a lot of people listening to this right now are distance runners, or you run track, or you've worked out before. Like this is an uncomfortable workout for us, bro. Like, we don't want to approach this workout. Like, think of the hardest workout that you do and, like, taking this problem head on for everybody in the country is it's it's the most uncomfortable workout. And if you can't see this workout as uncomfortable and you're trying to avoid it, that just means that you're scared of this workout, like, low-key. Like you, you, you real like you don't realize that this workout's gonna get better just because how bad it hurts, bro. Yeah. So, but like you need to embrace this pain, low key, and like you need to get you need to get through this workout because like this is what's gonna get you. This is what's gonna get you to that peak level and that peak shape, and that's what we're all trying to get to at the end of the day. And so, like, let's keep on working out, keep this conversation going, and like let's. We can't we can't stop, bro. It's been a good three weeks, but we gotta keep on pushing on for these next. 365 days you know what i mean for sure because three weeks really ain't nothing everyone's been posting about all the other uh protests and the civil rights movement and like the bus boycott and everything all of those lasted for about like three months you know yeah i mean honestly it took mlk getting killed to get something enact so we're we're just at the beginning of igniting change so we have to do whatever we can to keep this conversation just going i mean definitely until at least the election yeah for sure for sure and i really think this either way i think this generation can really be that change i i think that uh the my kids kids my kids well my kids and then my kids kids like they're going to be brought up in a different way because of social media, because of the exposure and hopefully the more education that we have out there. And I think that's very apparent, like how we see like NCAA athletes 
like responding not even just like the pros but seeing how we we put a post on this like the cornell cornell's track and field team with their whole entire campaign like what would you do for what are you doing for me right now like you cheer for me when i break records and everything but what are you doing now and that was just that was so so deep and we had darius e scott and one one of his posts like blew up and aaron got the chance to talk with him yeah and that was that was awesome getting to talk to him because they're they're doing a really good thing and that movement that they started is it's blowing up. I mean, some of you guys uh, hearing, especially if you guys are track heads, you or even any sport, because you have yeah. people from football. It was like you guys, you hear me when I score a TD, but do you hear me now? You hear me when I when I shoot a, when I uh, score the game winning bucket, but can you do you hear me now? And I think that's something um, that Black America really has to look into because we hold power in that. And that's part of the reason we're able to protest so strongly now is because we've dominated uh, sports in this in in this world. I mean, in a, in America, and we've produced a lot of money through sports and through entertainment. And yeah, I mean, we we can make demands through that. You know, you guys yeah. wanna you guys aren't. I mean, you got to think about it like this: like we were brought here to be slaves. We were brought here to be ex- exploited, and that's what they're going to keep on trying to do to us. So it's times like these where, like, if you're an NCAA athlete, it's like, nah, bro, you, if you gonna, you want me to do all this, you got to do this for me too. We got to yes. start. It's coming to that point to where, like, we got to start making demands or, we're like, we need to know where you stand before you're going to before you're gonna be able to get something out of us. Yeah, and I think there's there's a lot of change that's gonna be having NCAA like campuses. Like even I, I know on Clemson on Clemson, uh the football player DeAndre Hopkins and what was it, Deshaun Watson, they're really going out to have like their honors, uh their honors building be renamed because the person that it's named after was like he was uh like a slave owner. He was like in charge of like the Confederates and he was he was leading that sort of charge. So even the change is just there, just like those type of those those figures that are celebrated, the figures that are celebrated that are really behind the movement of slavery of slavery shouldn't be celebrated in that type of way. And I think we're definitely going to be seeing that on NCAA level. Like we're already seeing it in NASCAR, and I think that's completely in, insane and really. In I think NASCAR, that's NASCAR, y'all. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> they realize in NASCAR, I would never have thought that would be. That was a big move to like remove the ban the Confederate flag. I was like, dang, bro, like this is we real. They real. Yeah, and and yeah, I think that um as a people we gotta start recognizing like we really do have some power in this world, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. we don't have some of the leaders that we see in in white America, but we do. We we produce money. We we do a lot of we do a lot of things. So like if we can really just all come together and stand for something i think that's how we make a change too we definitely need our allies and i'm thankful for all of our allies that are in the streets with us but we gotta come together as a people and that's from the lower class to the upper class with like those professional athletes in the nba and everything yeah then on top of that even if you're an ncaa athlete or even lower than that like you can still like embark on change like look at 
the athletes for Black Lives Matter, they had a movement, I think it was on June 7th, that encouraged people to run 8.46 miles. They had people like chart on Strava, like DM them, then like every mile they ran or uh, something of that matter, they donated money and they were able to donate about $80,000 to the Black Lives Matter movement. Like just some San Jose soccer player, San Jose State soccer player organized together with some few other student athletes and they're able to get 80,000 like the coin's gonna what's gonna be able to do it at the end of the day so like there's change can be happening even if you're not like even if you're not the biggest man in Dragonville or the biggest man in soccer or something like that yeah no that's crazy 80 80 grand yeah and just some students you know like that's that's wild and that's also has to contribute to like the power of social media, just being able to get it out there and reach all these people. So yeah, dude, there's power within solidarity. And yes. that's why I, I have, I've expressed my feelings on this a lot, but I'm disappointed in the way some of our media outlets have been covering uh, everything that's been going on. Because like I said, I think it's our responsibility when an athlete speaks out about something uh we should post it and we've seen like we've seen actually jasmine todd she's starting to get some more some more push behind her like yeah, yeah. i saw her on runner space i've seen guys that do a couple things but i think there's a lot of athletes out there like allison felix i've seen her out there there's there's people that that are out there and that are speaking up i mean we had some of them like will clay's been speaking up a lot raven rogers had her whole story but like i just feel like those those stories we need to see them on the platform like if nikki hiltz is going to tweet or what when in response to the ioc saying you can't uh take a knee i should be front page front page news on every running media outlet because when we look at the bleacher reports and the espns the overtimes you know if if uh, Kyrie comes out and says, I'm not playing, that's everywhere. And everyone's yeah. talking about it. But yeah. we're so, we're trying to be so PC and scared on like the flow tracks and stuff that I don't know. I don't, they don't want to voice those, those athletes opinions. And I think that's. I really, I really don't know. I really, I really don't know why they don't like, I, I would love to see it more. And I think Nikki Hiltz, what I loved about, Nikki Hilt's response is that she's she's a, a, a young white female, like she's a young white woman, and I think that's just like to see that like that allyship that so many people are talking about that's so important right now, and to see her step up and say or what I know Daryl Hill also did as well on Twitter. He responded like we he responded with um oh dang with john carlos with john carlos fist up and a response like we we don't even have to knee we don't have to take a kneel he did that as well the shot putter but daryl hill he he's a black man but then to see a white woman do it it's like it shows that this is a real issue this is something that needs to be talked about because it ain't just black people out there marching in the streets let's not forget that and i think nixie hills is a perfect like spokesperson for this and i love I love that response or what, like, what are you going to do to me? Like I get like they, they made banner, but if you on the podium and you do that and you take a knee, I think you'll be remembered more than if you get third, second place. 
you feel me? Or even first place, you will be remembered way more than that. And it's it's in a bigger stand. It's a way bigger stand than getting a gold medal. If you're able to take a knee, and then that's that's a way bigger stand to me. What do you have to say? What do you have to say to people that um, in response would say that's disrespectful and it's not about you and your beliefs. It's about America. I think Joe Gray put it perfectly on our IG live, bro. The people that say that they're really just trying to deter us from like the real situation at hand. And there's like some real, they're, they're just not concentrated on what's really going on right now. They're trying to demiss it. Like they're, they're trying to get out of that hard workout, bro. And just trying to, and trying to bring it on to something else because we all know, we all know by now this has been going on for over five years of kneeling. We know the kneeling isn't about the flag. Like we, we know it's not about that. It's about the, it's about the social injustice, about the racial injustice. And like to say that sports is not in that sport, that politics aren't in sports to say that is just completely, it's, I feel like it's just wrong. Cause like, there's so much influence in sports. Like, I don't think people realize how much entertainment runs like the U.S. So if you're able to make a stand in the entertainment industry, it goes a long way because everybody's watching, bro. Everybody. Yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. And I also just think like if someone has to say like, hey, like, well, America is it's not it's not that bad, like. It helps out black people better than X, Y, and Z country. I mean, that's not what it's really about. I mean, yeah. If if it it doesn't matter, like if people are dying in the streets, if people are being treated unfairly, I mean, you sound very privileged saying that America is great because someone else is saying it's not so great, and you're saying it's not so great for them. Because of them. It's their fault yeah. that it's not too great. That's what you're implying. You're saying it has nothing to do with America. And and to also say that, I don't know, like, why that, like, wh- what do you mean, like, your personal, you going to the Olympics? Like, if you're going to Olympics for America, like, you're representing America. You represent America every day. You are America. So you yeah. taking a knee is just a reflection of what the, the state America's in. That's all, mm. that's all it is. Yeah. If the, if the miracle wasn't in a we bad state, unrest. Doing that. yeah, you yeah. wouldn't be doing that. Like if he wouldn't, you wouldn't even think about doing that if America wasn't in the state we in. So like, man, if you want to take a knee and get DQ, later you you should take a knee and get DQ to make a point. If that's your whole point, it's your whole reason to go to Olympics, get a gold medal to to make a point to let them know like they they will know at the top level. Like, dang, bro, like. We must be messing up. This person is getting a gold medal at the Olympics and they still yeah. ain't happy. They and the still thing, ain't happy. <laughs> the thing is, too, bro, like people are all like that. The Olympics, Olympics isn't the right place to do it. That's somewhere where there's supposed to be unity and everything. And like, or they're saying like during the national anthem and NFL football game, that's the most unified part of our country. It brings us together. For just people to say that's not the right time to protest. Like, there never is a right time to protest. That's why we're protesting. That's why because it's called it, protest, bro. Like, you don't know what you mean. That <laughs> is, there's never a right time to protest. So, like, you can protest anywhere. Like, protest is supposed to be, it's supposed to make people feel some type of way. 
And just because you're on the opposite end of that, look, if you're on the opposite end of that, either way, if it's good or not good, like you have to reflect and look like, why are they really doing this and put that into, into put yourself into their shoes. And so I think that's why people, they need, just need to understand that, bro. Just need to be able to put themselves in their shoes and see it from their perspective. And if you can't do that on your own, I recommend like, like educate yourself, read, read some books, like watch watch some movies about it or listen to two black runners listen to these people on social media platforms because that's the easiest way you can do it and then you can dive even more deeper and stuff like that bro yeah and i also want to say i don't know this is low-key out of the out of the left but like for the people that are listening to this and they're like well why don't you just go to another country why don't you just leave it's like bro (laughs) this is my country and if you think America is great and you think people that don't like it should leave. That means it's a terrible country because people only that means we're fleeing uh, the oppressor. We have it, yeah. it's so bad. We have to leave yeah. like like it can't be great. And then you'd be telling us to just leave. if You don't like it because I mean, if it was great, nobody would just want to leave. Like nobody want to leave. This is our country. This is where you this is our country. This is you, what you saying. It's more your country than ours. Like, yeah. You born. You were born here. I mean, so uh, I don't know. I just hate when people make that argument too. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like that. That's just that's just whack, bro. That's a dumb. That's a dumb argument. Like, come on, <laughs> bro. Come on, man. Like, America, cool. America, cool. But to move on from that, like, we still and I feel like number one, you can see like that that civil unrest and just like see the unhappiness of people that are still in this country from like our top top athletes. We had a dude, Chris Chavez, the founder of Asidious Mag, wrote a Sports Illustrator article with some of the top track and field athletes in the game, like Michael Norman, Delilah Muhammad, uh, Mario Hall, uh, Daryl Hill, Raven Rogers. Like, there's even more than that. Will Clay, and he did a, a really great job. But to see uh, the Sports Illustrated to give black athletes, and especially black and track and field athletes, that type of platform was really great because we do know that we do feel that in the track and field world, like there is sort of, it's not addressed as much to see like the racial injustices or it gets thrown under the rug, but it definitely is here. Yeah, no, for sure. It was cool to like see another, see another person like uh, Chris Chavez too, though. Someone that's very prominent in the running industry for some years now running, he runs city of smag to do, do that, do what we did and just like put all those, athletes together and just give them a platform somewhere they can hear their voice i was disappointed that like we couldn't see that on like a like a flow track with like video that would have been awesome because i know Mm -hmm. they'd be all be willing to do it but to get on sports illustrated that's huge and it was definitely trending on instagram everyone was reposting it and yeah and i think it's important to see track athletes because track athletes mainly run for the usa like yeah, I mean, that's what you're training for is just to run for the U.S. So yeah. I think their perspective is highly valued because it's a weird it's like it's almost like, you know, in the Vietnam War when blacks had to go fight, you know, for rights that they didn't have. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. It's like you're torn when you're 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 training your whole life just to compete for the USA. And you see your, your brothers dying in the street and you just like, dang, this is what I'm wearing on my chest. Like uh, Sika Henry, when I interviewed her on the Hoka thing, um, this is the best thing I can almost relate it to. She was saying Iron Man's lack of response made her not even want to be associ- associated 
with the Iron Man at all. She didn't want to know wow. people, know people. She didn't want people no. to know that she was associated with them. Yeah. So that's how some people feel about when they see when they see America doing terrible things to your own people and you like, yeah, this is my this is what I rock with. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I just don't understand. I don't understand how people don't get that. And then to keep like the ball rolling on uh your IG live that you had with uh black hoka athletes elevating black voices. Like what was really what was your biggest takeaway from that? Because you were able to you had some great interviews on there. And if you guys want to check that out, you guys should go to Hoka One One's uh IGTV where you can check out part one and a part two. Uh what was like your favorite part from that, Aaron? Uh overall, I would say it was just super interesting to whenever we just like just like when we did it on our page, like you get to hear all these different perspectives, but they all kind of have, they're all kind of telling the same story in different ways. Mm-hmm. So that was very interesting to me. Like it was interesting to hear from Robert Ford, who's half Mexican and half black. And he didn't start like really like realizing his blackness was so different until he was in high school on an all white team. And then yeah. goes to college at USC and is embraced by black people and embraces that black culture. And then it was also interesting here from Claire, who's half black and half white, who grew up and her parents decided to just raise her black. Yeah. And her mom, you know, taught her about how she had very strong black women and everything. And then you go to like Darius, who said he didn't realize anything like crazy about it until like he started applying for jobs. So it's just like it's crazy that it's crazy everyone has these different lanes to see in it i know for me like i i from the get-go i always just i don't know maybe being dark skin or something like i feel like i always 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 knew and because of where we grew up you know yeah people would say things and stuff like that so i i always i always just kind of like knew but it was just interesting to hear everyone's everyone having a different perspectives on things but it all just goes back to skin color yeah. You know, and that's one of the biggest things is like people think that all black people are some cookie cutter type of person. Like you got tattoos and you a black person, you ghetto. Mm-hmm. You got dreads in you a black person, you a pothead. You know, yeah. you don't listen to you. You can't be a distance runner. You're black. Yeah. But even when all these black people come together and they talk about their experience of being black, it's all a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Even them, even the discrimination they faced was all like different and in different areas and in different ways. But y'all still think that we all the same for some reason. Yeah, it's really, really weird. That was a really, that was a it's, great. You guys should really go check that out. Like there were some really good gems on there, and I really liked his conversation with Robert Ford. Like Robert Ford went on to say that like he feels track and field is one of the most segregated sports in the world. Like most definitely, it's most di- mostly diverse. We have so many different events, people of all shapes and sizes. But then when you look down to it, especially in American running, you got sprinters are ninety percent, ninety five percent African American. Distance runners are ninety five percent Caucasian. So the, for him to bring that perspective, and that's definitely something that you don't hear about every single day. But 
you don't hear every single day about in the media. I feel like you you hear it in the streets, you hear you hear jokes about it, you hear it around the track, but to see that told in the media was definitely was definitely enlightening, and I hope it, it helped some people out to see that there's a real problem still in the track world. We're not in a little bubble. Like, our bubble, there's still some problems in our bubble as well. Yeah, and, and yeah, and just like how Claire was saying, she didn't really believe she could be a distance runner until she saw Mario Hall. And yes. me and Robert yeah. talked about this too. There's so many, there's so many black athletes that are sometimes pushed away from those distance events, mm. you know? Because yeah. they only they don't see people like them. They don't have coaches. I think that's a big thing. They don't have coaches that look like them. They don't have coaches that can always relate to them. Yeah. And like know how to even like speak to them. Yeah. That's what Darius talked about too. And just know like as well, just being like like white athletes like talking to him as well. Like I think, yeah, it was really, really, really interesting uh conversations. And would you love to do that like again, bro? Like I, I would I don't know. Like those those are some of the best conversations that like we had on the running report, to be honest. I mean yeah, man, I I just like talking, bro. I just look up, I just come up with a couple of questions, but honestly, it's just like this. We're just talking back and forth. So some of those people, I feel like, like me and Robert, I feel like we could have went for another 30 minutes. Same with Sika. Like we were talking for, everyone was chilling. Like we could have talked for much longer, but mm -hmm. we had to get it done. I mean, it ended up going like an hour and 30 and that was with me cutting people off. Yeah. But it, it was a great time. I would definitely do it again. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so like I said, y'all go check it out on Hoka's Instagram. It'll be on their IGTV, elevating Black voices with Super Hot Pots. And then also one more thing, uh, I just want to mention this and just shout this podcast out real quick. Keeping keeping with track, uh, keeping with track with uh, Alisa Montano, Molly Huddle, and then Rasheen uh, Williams. Cause I was listening to their podcast with uh, Allison Desir, and then also because Molly Huddle like brought to our attention, like she was listening to two black runners, bro. She was she put on her Instagram story, and I was like, Molly Molly Huddle, like hold up, hold up, bro. This this girl, she's fast, she's a beast, and she she was listening to two black runners. So I just want to shout them out real quick, and definitely hey. have a, a really good podcast listening to their their conversation with Allison Desir, activist, runner, and mom. Uh, she's a a really good conversation on just talking on white privilege and just like the lack of diversity in the running world and just like how black people wanna how how we need to create a safe space for black people to become runners and I think like how like you were saying with Claire like representation is number one thing like it's just not even just seeing like pro runners but seeing like African American runners on like magazines, seeing them on cover stories. Cause I feel like we don't see that often enough. And if it is like, it's, it's, it's an African, like no offense to like Africans, but like to see like an African American do it, I think it's definitely, it's definitely different. Yeah. 100% bro. I mean, I said, even though Bernard God is African, but once he came to the U S just having someone, my shade of skin running the 15, inspired yeah. inspired me bro i tried to copy everything that guy did and another guy j mac my boy jordan mcnamara he uh, was nice too that was another person i was like yo if this guy 
this guy is running the 15 miles. Like, I could be that guy too, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely feel you, bro. Definitely, I feel you. But then with that being said, bro, definitely we're living in some crazy, crazy times and just like the social injustice and everything going on. But then also I feel like we're getting a little bit of like excitement and kind of just a breath of fresh air because like summer track is kind of here, bro. I don't know if you were were paying attention, but like we haven't talked about this on the podcast at least, but definitely last week in May, last month in May, like summer track really started when like the high schoolers were going crazy, bro. We had the quarantine Costco where Leo Dashback was 11th person in high school to break four, ran four, ran 359. Then we had Brent Brown running the second fastest high school 32 like equivalent ever. And then Jace Ashburner running 844. And his teammate Nico Young already ran 840 last year. Like this is really, high schoolers are going dumb right now. Bro, this 2020 class, this 2020 class is nice, bro. Cruz, Culpepper, Leo, Dashback, Matt Strangio, Nico Young. Bro, we have a bunch of dudes that would have broken four this year or still can break four. Like I think we could maybe, I think, okay, so we got already Leo Dashback. I think Cruz Culpepper could break four. I think Nico Young could break four. And um, you know my boy, Matt Strangio, could break four too. Yes, sir. Dr. Strange himself, bro. Yeah, that's four. That's four guys, bro. That's it would have been a guy. good season. It would have been a really good season. But honestly, the season's not over. We didn't. I mentioned Cruz. Cruz this past weekend at was it the Desert Dream last raw ran one forty eight and got second place in the race. Ran one forty eight and got second to John Lester. John Lester, he was actually in the quarantine class. Go, I believe he ran a four oh eight, four oh nine, and he like paced it for the first two laps. But now Cruz is gonna race at the team boss mile on june 27th with morgan mcdonald and nick harris and it's i think i think cruz is about to run like 358 bro to be honest i mean he's if you run in, if you 148 shape you should be able to come around 158 like nothing yeah. you know and finish that up but hey shout out to john lester john lester just get a I don't know. Just get us a little bit more strength on him, but I think you need to hop in another mile to John Lester. Shout out. You need to hop in another mile, bruh. See what you could do. Yeah, no, for real. For real. Brother, look, look, low key, let's let's really talk about this. What do you think is what is he about to run next year in the eight? This man run 148. Jeez. Can can he can he should should Granville be scared? Should Granville be scared? That's the question. Should, is 146 in jeopardy? That national record. I gotta go look back at John Lester's 400 speed. I need to see what his 400 speed is. Be if he is like a 4.8 guy, then I'd be a little scared. But it sounds like he got strength. He don't got the speed like Michael Granville, and Michael Granville was built. I heard he ran a. I'm pretty sure I've seen he's ran like a official 49. And this year, I think he ran like a time trial 48. But Granville okay. was Granville. He dropped in there a little gym like. Yeah, he's running 46, so I don't know. But no, I, I think we could see a 147. I, I mean, I'm saying I think he could run sub sub four, if not this year, next year. Yeah. I mean, he ran 148. I think he should be running faster than 408. But mm. get this man. Yeah, I want to see this dude uh, in the mile. I think he'll break four next year for sure. Maybe run like 147. 
but it looks like he's more of an eight guy the more i'm looking up look at looking him up right now but yeah just get a little bit more strength on him bro you're gonna be breaking four easy but let me see if you get that 147 though next year i don't know about 146 i don't know that's we'll a, that's a hard that's hard yeah. hey that would be that would be tight though that would be tight because granville was talking about he was we were talking about the state meeting like the 800 and seeing these guys running like 150 151 he was all like what they really doing so to have somebody running 148 in california it's going to be definitely exciting to just see what what can happen to be honest haven't had that in a while but then to really mention like that team boss model, like I mentioned earlier with Cruz Culpepper, like to mention that that's actually a really good thing that's going on on June 27th in Colorado, where we have like that whole entire squad. That squad also concludes runners like Emma Coburn, Corey McGee, Asia Prolier, and like they're running. And they're trying to break the Colorado state records for the mile. And then every, they're having people pledge money and donations. And they're going to multiply every what people pledge by the seconds that they break like those records by. So honestly, the sky can be the limit of like what they get and depending on how many people pledge. But basically, all that money is going to the Sacks for Foundation, which gives scholarships to black Colorado high school students. So it's on June 27th, a really good cause and something really like nice to see definitely in a time like this. Yeah. Hey, shout out to them for doing what they do. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm excited. That's a that's a good way. That's how you use your your platform and your yeah. influence for a good, good cause exactly that's how you do it right there especially with i'm impressed this group it's ashia prat is the only um black black athlete in that group i believe she's jamaican mm-hmm. um but yeah for them to do that it's just thank you i mean we definitely appreciate that and we need that and that's, those are the type of things like that's how you those these are the type of things that we need to be hyping up you know that yeah we need to let the people know you know yeah, it's definitely gonna be something crazy to see. And it's gonna be exciting because they're gonna run fast. They're gonna they're gonna run crap. I'm pretty sure we're gonna see the 12th high schooler break four minutes. Morgan McDonald is probably gonna run in like under 355, maybe. And then I don't know, Danny Jones may run like 425 or something like that. So it's definitely it's gonna be really exciting. They already raised six thousand dollars. They're looking to raise twenty thousand. So June 27th, be looking out for that. Tune in. Also to mention, Oregon Track Club this uh, this weekend, June twentieth, they're going to be racing a virtual race against Atlanta Track Club on on Facebook and Atlanta Track Club's YouTube channel, and they'll be racing three different events: a six hundred, a twelve hundred, and a two by two four hundred mixed relay. And half of the money that they raise is going to be going to the Food Lane County in Oregon, and half of it's going to go to the Atlanta Mission in atlanta and basically both of these uh charities in oregon and atlanta are uh to to donate to food banks and to trying to end homelessness so a really good causes too on the other side with a dual meet between oregon track club and atlanta track club and i love dual meets so i think this is going to be exciting bro bro for sure definitely love to see it love to see these these groups though these these really big groups in the running community um, taking on this challenge and just being a part of being proactive and helping uh, with the problems that we have going on and to like do that and bring entertainment w- along with it. Perfect. That's awesome. Perfect. Yeah, that's definitely awesome. And let's see if the 
I want the NFL and NBA to follow suit. Yeah, that would be that would be <laughs> nice to see. I'm, I'm glad to see glad to see the track community. We put in at work. We Let's put go. in at work. Allison Desir called them out and they responded. They called they responded. That's what I'm saying. We, if sometimes you just gotta keep putting them on blast, keep pushing them, bro. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's what happened. That's what happens in all the other sports, you know. And I think this Oregon Track Club one is gonna actually be pretty, pretty and exciting, bro. We got Nigel almost running the six hundred, and Hannah Green's running the twelve hundred in one of these races. So like, there's going to be like some fast times, and I'm excited to see what what type of shape Nigel almost is in, honestly. Cause I don't think he has just have any injuries, so it definitely it's definitely gonna be something something you want to look out for on hey. Atlanta Track Club's YouTube. And maybe and maybe we're gonna see Team Boss Oregon Track Club Track Club and Atlanta Track Club. We might see them all at Sunset Tours in August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunset Tours looking to go down, bro. He's he's got planned like three different meets down in LA in late August. So look out for that. And I feel like with these dual meets, like I feel like this Atlanta Track Club, Oregon Track Club dual meets gonna be tight. And I hope it encourages more dual meets or something similar to like this in the future. Like not just we're yeah. in a pandemic. Like I feel like dual meets like that, or we need to get some type of league going where we can just like really compete with each other bro like really really go out there and compete yeah bro everyone loves to root for a team so just having a team to root for really can step it up i would say probably like back in the day you know the biggest meets were it's like ucla usc duel you yeah. know it's like bringing that aspect back it's awesome like i would love to see like oregon oh wait oregon project's done but oregon track club <laughs> Versus like New York, New Jersey or something. Or like Bowerman versus someone. Hey, hey, and can we, and media sites, can we, can we do this with, with the sprinters? Cause there's sprinter groups out there too. Mm -hmm. My girl, Corey, Corey, she's in a whole sprint group. If we could do her sprint group versus that sprint group at UCLA, we need to start marketing, marketing those sprinter groups like we do the distance groups those athletes are entertaining bro like the sprinters they have stuff to say too man come on bro Noah allows he got a group him his brother i know they got someone else but they out here making songs and stuff you know can we show <laughs> yeah, them a little bit more love yeah bro Lyle's just uh he just ran 31 5 uh 300 too with his group so like that That's would be interesting that would be interesting to see his group up against like uh Ryan Ryan uh Michael bro Michael Norman exactly. like that would be perfect. They should definitely set up a virtual meet too as well. That would be would, something interesting. I would to love see. to see it, see that bro. Just have them. They both run the hundred at the same time. You got the webcams up watching both of them. <laughs> something like that. Or can they get? Can we see like Noah Lyles and them in a four by four? They get their they get their teams together and they do a four by four. Yeah, we need bro, to. See, I want to see more of that. Like, I think we could we could get some cool stuff, and maybe this will bring back a resurgence of like the dual meets. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, that's based. That's what the Ingerson the Ingerson uh, race was against a chariot. That was basically that was that a wasn't dual fair meet. though. That wasn't fair. It wasn't. It, was, it, it wasn't was really like Jacob went out there. This dude ran a four fifty one two k. Congratulations to him. European record. But, like, the conditions that he had compared to the dudes in Nairobi, bruh. Like, let me tell you, bro. This dude on in the in uh, Oslo. No, they were in Oslo, in, in Norway, wherever they were. Somewhere in Norway. They, were, they had, a, like, a green light tracker in the inside of the track tracking their pace, bro. 
on the pace that they can go to. He had two paces in front of them, perfect weather. And then you look at Nairobi on the left side, side by side with them. It's pouring rain. They ain't got no tracker on the inside of the track with a green light to say where to go. And it like it's super windy. Five thousand right, isn't that so telling? <laughs> Five thousand altitude. It's like, come on, bro. They didn't. They really didn't have a chance. They didn't have a chance, bro. Isn't that so telling? It really is. It really yeah, is. That's funny. But yeah, bro. I mean, I mean, but he wasn't ready to back down though. He was like, let's get it. Yeah, Jerry Out went out. That's he wanted Jerry Out want to do it again. I seen a quote. He was saying that, bro, bring them to Kenya, bring them to Nairobi, and let's 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 see what it takes. Like, let's see who the real men are, and that would be pretty interesting if they did that. They don't want that. Hey, <laughs> hey he sound he said that. <laughs> they gotta oh, avoid him about, at all costs. He, he about, about that. that. Yeah, he about that life. <laughs> he about that life, bro. Me, I would have been like, what? 6,000 feet in Nairobi? Okay, we, we ain't going to race. I'll, I'll come out there or something. But he was like, no, nah, let's get it. Let's go. He said, let's see who the real man are. Dang. He called them soft. That would soft. be interesting. That would he be basically interesting. just said, he just said the Ingersons are soft. Basically. 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 I think Cherry I would smack them low-key. I'm not even going to cap. Oh, he would for sure smack them, bro. That dude is, that dude is crazy. Yeah, that man is a beast. Well, with all that pretty much said, like, I ain't really got nothing nothing left for the people, bro. You got anything left for the people? Uh, no, that's all, I, that's all I really got, man. But again, like, I know some of y'all are probably like, dang, bro, all y'all talk about is being black. Well, yeah, we black. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we're going to talk about. Hey, so, tell them. Like, tell them. You should listen because you could learn. You could learn a thing or two. Tell them but, uh, I'm black and I'm proud. But the, for all y'all though that are why listening to this and y'all like, dang, like this is awesome. I loved it. I learned it, man. You a real homie, and thank you for listening all the way to the end, as always. Yeah, I really do appreciate it. And if you listen to the end. Make sure share this with somebody. We will love for you to do that, bro. Share the podcast. It doesn't have to be this episode. It can be a past episode. It can be this episode. It don't matter. Uh, it would be really nice if you wrote a review on Apple Podcasts. If you rate the podcast, please that rate us. Dope. That would be dope, y'all. And uh, pretty much follow us on Instagram at running underscore report. Follow us on YouTube at the running report. And bro, that's all I really got on this Tuesday, bro. That's Aaron. Wait, hold up, Aaron. Hey, what day no, is ma- it? no matter what, just remember, we'll see y'all back here on Do Black Do. Oh, you died up. What? What's wrong? You good? <laughs> Dang. <laughs> just kidding. Hey, thanks, y'all, for tuning in to Two Black Runners, bro. See y'all next week. <laughs>